This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, saving your day from boredom with the best podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with fellow man-child, Johnny Carlin. Ricky Tiki Tavi, bitches! And we are back for another edition of the Rick and Johnny podcast, right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for movie news, entertainment news, TV, comics. We're kind of hitting the nerdy world, as well as video gaming, sprinkling of video gaming here and then want to welcome you guys in get a jam-packed show gonna be looking at star wars today leia maybe the first panawan of luke or should have been gonna look at jumanji you and i didn't get to see the new movie however i have a i have an idea well it was an idea i'll get to it of a future movie for jumanji and then we're gonna look game of thrones and kind of make our predictions mm-hmm. early on for what we could see in season eight for our predictions. But before we get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping for you guys at home. Number one, I'm wearing it. You guys see it. The MVP t-shirt. How do you get one of these down below in the description? 22 bucks. You can get your own MVP t-shirt and get some MVP gear. Number two, if you're on YouTube or you're on iTunes, you have an iTunes, go on to iTunes and give the Rick and Johnny podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Then go ahead and do it for the rest of MVP's podcast, if you please. Onside Kick, Primetime Podcast, and The Fast Break. It would mean the world to us. And then last but not least, check out patreon.com backslash most available podcast. This is how we get to do what we do for you guys. We got some nice tiers, Patreon podcast for you guys. We got, you can be a guest on podcast. We've got certain rewards. That link down below in the description. However, Johnny, we're going to move into our first topic, and we're looking Star Wars. I know we did our review, and they can check the review out on our channel. I, I snuck it there. I snuck it. I snuck it right above you um, for the review of The Last Jedi. But there was an article on Screen Rant where apparently I think it was Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. who was the director, said that originally Luke wanted Leia to be his mm. first Padawan. However, she said no because she felt like she was more needed with the um, the Galactic Empire, the Galactic Republic. There you go. Um, and then leading the rebellion like we see in the movies. I want to ask you, though, should Leia have been Luke's first Padawan? Actually, all in all, no, because I do think it was correct with her being... Her place is mm-hmm. fighting in the military, leading people, doing that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I do think in some sense, maybe Luke at least taught her some stuff because the stuff we saw in spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, for some reason. Yeah, spoilers for Last Jedi, if you have not seen it. If you, for some reason, didn't go see that yet. Yeah. Um, I think he did at least teach her some things. Cause mm-hmm. some, I mean, yeah, she's older, so maybe she taught herself the stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because it looks to me she's not really like Jedi style force user. Just she's a, like just a, a casual light, force user. Yeah, light force user. Mm-hmm. And the stuff she did, like the one, especially the one thing where she pulled herself all the way back to that door. I know. The supermaning. Exactly. Um, that's something I would feel like that you have to be a heavy force user to use. So I feel mm-hmm. like Luke may have taught her that. Is it, would he have taught her that? Or. Because you got to think, by the time we're saying, should she have well, been maybe the not first Padawan? Well, if it's, hey, I mean, you should have been my first Padawan. Think about how long ago. That would be the end of 
Return of the Jedi. That's true. Where how many years passed between Jedi and Force Awakens? Enough time for her and Solo to get married, enough time to have Kylo Ren and have Kylo Ren turn against Luke in the um, Jedi Academy that he had. This is like part of me would have loved to see Leia mm-hmm. be a Jedi. Oh, yeah. And kind of like this is the Skywalker family. Like we are we are Jedi. We are like Anakin, Jedi. He went over to the dark side. You have Kylo goes over to the dark side. The one thing that is very interesting, and this mm-hmm. is where I get into not necessarily Star Wars, but just families and genes in general. First off, the first thought I have, is the way they had it play out yeah. is very much like a brother and sister, usually. Brother goes into one thing or sister goes into one thing. I want my sibling to come with me. Most times it's, no, I don't want to do that because I want to be my own person. Exactly. And Leia, I don't think she would want to follow in Luke's footsteps Yeah, well, and, you don't be want... the, and be cast in that shadow. You don't want to, no sibling wants to be... Well, for example, I'm just going to use them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're Luke's sister. No, you yeah. want to be known as Leia. Yeah. You want to make a name for yourself. Exactly. It was funny. Like that same thing example the happened son. to my sister when mm-hmm. she joined band after me. She was Oh, you're Johnny's Johnny sister. sister. No, no, no. You want to be your, your own mm-hmm. person. Here's the other thing. And this is kind of the more important, eh, maybe the more important one. But we don't get to see this with Luke because like being a Jedi, no wife, no kids, like Dave put it yesterday as we were recording the fast break. Yeah, think of like this Jedi Sith thing. They're like religions in the yeah. Star Wars universe. And with Leia being able to have a kid, that's first off one thing that might have gone into it where, hey, if I am Luke's Padawan, I'm a Jedi, it's like becoming a priest in the Catholic order. Like I can't have I can't kid, have Han as my husband. I can't do and have kids. That could have played into it as well. but That's very true. The thing that, and this brings me a little bit away from the main topic, but it's Luke and Leia uh, specific, is how genes work in general. Yeah. I wonder if the if they have a, like, dark side gene. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about it this way. Anakin went over to the dark side. True. He's kind of like, Anakin's the top, because we... Yes, we know he has a mother, but we don't really know much about the mom besides her being a simpleton. We don't know much about Anakin's father either. We know nothing about his father. Yeah, Anakin's father might might have been a Force user. Maybe. We Um, don't know that, though. But that's another thing that goes into the whole Force thing of can, like, do you have to be a Jedi to use the Force or kind of getting away from that a little bit? But, like, Anakin... Passes the gene down to Luke and Leia. Yep. The thing that's interesting is how does that gene work? Because, like, we don't get to see it with Luke because I said no kids. But, like, with Leia, it's interesting that, hey, I have right now one kid. Could have two. Ray could still be her daughter. But I have one kid who is a Jedi has gone over to the dark side. Like, is that just one thing where it's like, hey, you know what? We have a recessive gene that one of you guys is going to be weak-minded and be... To the Force, yeah. And or to weak-minded the, in, like, the Force, in the willpower, side. to where the dark side could... Take over. ...corrosive you and pull yeah. you into it. You know what? Um, 
It is possible. It is very like philosophical now. It could be a recessive gene thing mm-hmm. where it's like it kind of. But now let's think of too about Anakin. He like, yeah, he went. He was late for. Uh, he was a Jedi for a while, mm-hmm. and then he moved over to the dark side at the very end of the Star Wars. Like his part of Star Wars, mm-hmm. he moved back to the light side. Yeah. So it's more like a conflict, conflicted thing, mm-hmm. and I mean that comes into um, a an idea of fil- philoso- philosophical. Yeah, philosophical ideal. <laughs> thank you. I was gonna say I was trying to get philosophy out. Yeah, of like all coming down to nature or nurture mm-hmm. in a sense of, the, of any human. Um, when it comes to the Jedi, we mm-hmm. just Jedi and Sith are both separate religions. Basically, mm-hmm. the concept of that, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the other part of that, um, the nature versus nurture, is it sometimes it seems like it might be part of someone's nature to be have less willpower, have mm-hmm. less to fight or be more egocentric or. Yeah. Egocentric, I think, is what I'm thinking of when you're more self-centered. Yeah. More thinking about yourself. Well, and that's which is the, the one which thing, is the dark side type. stuff. What I was thinking of is not necessarily dark side way, but when you say the egocentric thing is most of the Skywalkers in some way. Yeah. Vader, Luke, Leia, they all have one trait that is kind of the same in all of them. Mm hmm. They, I kind of want to say stand up for what they believe in. Yeah. But they're forces to where they don't back down easily. They're kind of hard-headed. Stubborn. Yeah, stubborn hard-headedness a little bit. Whereas, like, Luke, you see it in A New Hope. You see it early on where it's like, well, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? You see it with Anakin a little bit. Yeah, Anakin goes over the dark side. You see it with Leia a little bit. All of them all share this one kind of trait of being kind of stubborn and hard-headed. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, though, the egocentric thing kind of centers around it. Like, if you're, I think Han even make doesn't Han make fun of that in the original trilogy? He may. I don't remember. Doesn't he say that to, like, Leia? I think he says that to, like, Leia or something. Yeah, he may. I don't remember. I haven't seen watched mm-hmm. it in a while. Shame we on got me. A, we got a trilogy every three years or else the dark side wins. That's true. Um, but... Um, where was he going with that? The, ego the stubbornness. Cent- the, well, the egocentricness is actually where mm-hmm. I was going with it. Okay. Yeah, you can be stubborn and be a Jedi because look at most of the Jedi yeah. Order. They're stubborn as look hell. At, like, look at Luke. Luke never went to the dark side. Yeah. He's a, he's a stubborn little shit. Stubborn old man. Exactly. Um, Qui-Gon was stubborn as mm-hmm. hell. Obi-Wan was stubborn. Not mm-hmm. to the extent the rest of them are. He actually seems a little bit more lackadaisical yeah. because on that, on that front. Because he was trying his damnedest with mm-hmm. Anakin even after he I turned. I have the high ground, Anakin. It's useless. I have well, the high ground. Not even that. Like, just like, you don't have to do this, Anakin. Mm-hmm. Like, we can, we can, you can still be, you can turn it around. No. No, Anakin didn't yeah. want to. I'm, you no. killed her. You took her from me. No, you did that. <laughs> When you killed uh, all those younglings. Oh, uh, the prequels. When will they go away? <laughs> never, um, never, Ricky. But no, part of me, part of me's happy we didn't get to see Leia be Luke's first Padawan. No, I'm, I'm totally on board with that because that to me comes down to the, in an idea. A, you mm-hmm. don't want to see that because you, I like her in her role as a general from going well, from resistance leader to general also, of resistance. What then happens to Han? True. Does Han kind of be like, well, Falls I got, by the wayside, I got nothing here keeping me around. 
Chewy looks like we're hitting the road, and then Chewy punch it. Yeah, off into the millennial millennial falcon. Millennium falcon. Wow, millennial falcon. I want a meme of that. I Someone's find want, it. I don't want a millennial falcon. I meme. want. I want. Someone posted down below a millennial falcon I, meme. I don't. I don't know why I said millennial falcon. Ricky, you heard it here from Ricky. Is now a hashtag on his Twitter too. Do you have any? Do you have any other thoughts about Luke, Leia, and the whole Padawan thing? I I'm actually interested now more so in um how that exactly works because it it doesn't seem hundred percent like a gene thing like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it could, some, well, in some ways it is the gene thing that I was looking more into is that maybe it was more of the stubbornness thing. Yeah. And then it's a probability of, okay, who's going to follow the dark side? Yeah. But it's also, again, like I said, um, they're all stubborn. Mm-hmm. The point I was getting to with that one, but the ones who are Jedi or mm-hmm. the ones who are go to the dark side, tell me don't have kind of an egocentric, well, um, persona to let them. me, let me throw this out. Would you say all the Skywalker characters have some sort of a rage issue or a temper? To a temper. Them? I would go with a temper because of some sort. Because here's the thing. I would agree all with that. All of them have a temper. Luke and Leia able to control their temper. Anakin and Kylo. Not unable. so much. Like we've seen Kylo, Elo, emo Kylo Ren smash his helmet. Right into like, that wall. Like just bashing where, everything with Where they finally made the joke is the two of them in the, fir- the first yeah. of this trilogy walk down the hallway, see something fly out of the room, turn right back around. Yep. It's like finally like someone made that Darth joke. Darth Vader has done the same. Like Anakin's been the same way, killing the Padawans. End of Rogue One. Best Darth Vader scene I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. But that is just rage-filled Darth Vader. I'm going to kill Cho- anybody. Force-choking people who piss you off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, kind of rage-filled. And, and, like, you've seen it. Like, I feel like the temper you've seen a little bit more with Leia yeah. in the original trilogy more than Luke. Yes. But they're both still there. They both yeah. have a temper to them. They do. Well, look at how her most of her interactions with Han go. Mm-hmm. She is headed with him. Luke's temper... Only, like, to me, it came out mostly when he was dealing with Yoda. Yeah. When he's dealing with another stubborn person. That's yes. when the temper of Luke kind of started was coming, coming out. out. But I think I think Yoda was trying to do that. I think he was. He was trying to get him to mm-hmm. kind of not use his rage, but, like, to... Understand it's there and don't have it bring you to a it's fall like, to the dark Like, bring side. it, bring it, as a, uh, you know what, no, you need to realize it's there, mm-hmm. but you need to realize it's... The con- to control it too. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Just don't let it consume you. Yeah. Well, that's exactly like it brings back to that side of the Sith of that is maybe why Kylo and Darth Vader were able to fall over because some Sith Lord or Snoke because he's technically not a Sith, but I don't know. You didn't give me enough of them to know. No, what he really, was. exactly. They have fallen over because of their rage and their anger like luke last jedi we saw i mean he didn't do anything he didn't flinch but the lightsaber went out lightsaber went down that could have been a little bit into the temper category of like i see all this i must kill him yeah. and then it fleets yeah exactly 
I mean, the, like you said, the temper's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole Skywalker family is probably based on some... They have temper problems, all mm-hmm. of them. And maybe it is a genetic thing in some aspects of mm-hmm. it. Because um, it's hard to say it's nurture because they all were raised in separate... The, in somewhat separate environments. Luke was raised... Mm-hmm. Or um, Anakin's raised by his mom for until, what, 10 years old? Yeah. And then brought into the Jedi on the desert planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Luke... Braised by his aunt and uncle on a desert planet. Still has a temper, but didn't fall to the dark side. Leia, raised by... Um, Wasn't she a princess? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. She was raised on... Um, Alderaan. Thank you, Alderaan. I don't know. I forgot the planet's name. I'm looking for love in Alderaan places. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my favorite Alderaan joke. I was just waiting Save that for the it. February podcast. Yeah, I know. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Anyways, um, she was raised in a separate environment and still had anger issues, but again, no but dark side. But that's also why I'm not against the, like, I'm still on the Kylo Ray brother-sister train. Same. Because there are similarities between Luke and Leia and Kylo and that. Like, you see Luke and Ray both on desert planets. You see Kylo and um, Princess Leia. Leia. Although Leia wasn't a Sith, they both have life pretty much well off. Yes, they don't they have do. to worry about anything. Their parents are there all for mm-hmm. them until like. Except one of them wants to kill his parents and killed one of them. Yep. Well, that and uh, I mean, eventually it kind of was an Anakin thing if mm-hmm. you think about it, because he was raised by his parents slash parents for a while yeah. and then brought over to Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. So there's some correlation there, too. There's even. correlation between all of them. Any final thoughts you got on this before we move on? No, um, it's an interesting debate on nature, nurture, mm-hmm. um, what makes you a Jedi, what makes you a Sith. and um, Didn't think we'd get into gene- genealogy here no, on the podcast Star Wars, with gene- Star Wars. Genealogy. Star Wars isn't, like, that's the thing I like about Star Wars, is if you want to get, like, engulfed in the lore and the canon. Yeah. And, like, stuff like I watched a video because I wasn't hip and cool to it, but, like, lightsaber colors. Yes. Because I know the one that really was, like, inside the Star Wars stuff was Mark. Mark described me a little bit about lightsaber stuff, but I yeah. watched a video about it just to see. Because to figure out, like, what lightsaber you would be. Like, I guess, like, I took that blue, like... Blue is mostly for Jedi. Yeah. You have, obviously... Red for Sith. The way that the video I watched described it, and this could be wrong, is that like the Sith would take a lightsaber and it'd be blue, but they would drain it to make it. They'd make it bleed, and then that's how it came that red color. They made the Kyber crystal bleed. Yeah, I was gonna say there. It Mm -hmm. was was like a gen, uh, not genetically, but a. uh, it was an altered Kyber crystal in a sense. It was Mm -hmm. like the not not necessarily the right crystal Mm -hmm. for. um, which lightsaber. Is, which is interesting because this video, and I could be wrong, so don't take me as canon on this, but like it said also that like Mace Windu, why his is purple mm-hmm. is he wanted both the red and the green to be kind of like in the middle of both of those. Red and blue? No, blue and green, I think it is. Or is it red and, red and blue? It's blue and something. Whatever well, if makes it's red, purple. Red and blue make purple. Red and blue make purple? Yes, then that's yes. what it is. It was the <laughs> cross between those two, and that's how you get purple. Hmm. To where you're kind of like in the middle of it. But, I know there's a quiz out there that can tell you what yeah, lightsaber you're I don't trust you. those freaking Well, I got Facebook orange, quizzes. and it sounded actually legit well, for me. But. Orange, from what the video I watched, said, oh, what was orange? Orange was like kind of neutral. Yeah. White, white was 
White was like Ahsoka, which is like almost totally neutral. Yellow was like if you're like a guard or something, that color is like passed along. Yeah. To where like you're a protector, you're serving a post as like a guard or something. I think orange was used by mostly gray Jedi. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, Jedi lightsaber colors. We could talk about that in the future. But let us know what you guys think. I'm going to turn it on to you guys before we rant on and on and on about this. Let us know what you guys think down below about the Luke-Leia thing we talked about. Would you like to see Leia be Luke's first Padawan? Let us know what you guys think down below. Maybe in, some uh, Millennial Falcon memes for Ricky now. In in the comment section. Johnny, <laughs> but Johnny, let's move on into our next topic. And we're looking at Jumanji. And Jumanji. I know that I'm going to say this right off the bat because I know we're going to get comments for it. Neither you nor I were able to go see the new Jumanji movie, Welcome to the Jungle. However... I feel like this topic we have, we can do without seeing the second one. So I just want to say that right up front so we don't have comments where it's like, you ain't got to watch the second one. No, we will. We just haven't had the time yet. But So this is from an interview with Kevin Hart, The Rock, Jack Black, and really we're taking what Jack Black said. And what he said, and I quote, if you don't mind me jumping in, I think it would be cool to see the mind behind the game. It'd be cool to, like, explore because there's got to be some alien technology. And then The Rock jumped in and said, like Oz. And Jack Black goes, exactly. Who's behind the curtain on this game? So what I wanted to bring up, Johnny, for Jumanji and just our second topic here is basically, should there be a Jumanji prequel? Meaning, I don't think I have to, but I will. Meaning... In Jumanji 3, do we go back before Jumanji 1? Do we go back to, okay, how did this all start? How did the curse get to the board game? How did it then get to the video game? How did it all start? Should there be a movie like that? Should there? We don't necessarily need it, but I would think it would be fantastic to see. Mm -hmm. I think it would be very fun to see. Um, I think Jack Black and in that interview they mentioned something about aliens. In yeah, a he sense. said a, it, like alien technology. I would go a separate route than that. Mm-hmm. I would say ancient curse. Yeah, that would be my thing. Mm-hmm. An ancient priest, African priest curse on mm-hmm. something, and just like you know what, you guys want to play a game about Africa? Oh, you're gonna get Africa. Okay, the dangers of Africa. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be great to see, like... Because, like, in the original Jumanji, they find the game, and the game's been around. It's yes. not like this was, like... Because at the well, very in beginning... the very, very beginning, it was, like, the 1800s, it, yeah, and they, and they like, getting buried. buried it, yeah. What if, like... What if that was the first people to play the game? I'd what say if they were the first one? Like, would, in this prequel, would you want it to be two sides now? Okay. Would you want it to be... All right, here it here it was. Here are the people that played it before Robin Williams, before Alan Parrish. Yeah. Or would you want it to be how did this game get cursed? Because you think about it, like how the board game looked in the original movie. Yeah. It wasn't like a modernized board game. It was like made out of one piece of wood that folded back. The, ivory. The pieces, pieces were ivory pieces to where it was like, all right. This looks like it was handcrafted many moons ago. Yeah, I'd say go with like maybe like a combination movie of, hey, this is how it got cursed, but mm-hmm. this is also 
how like the first people to play. So kind of yeah. a combination of the two. Well, Why it, all, it all comes back to how long ago. Like, when was the game made? Was it made before the 1800s? I would say or so. Or was it made around that time? And it was like you were saying, oh, you want a game about Africa? Here's a game about Africa. You get what you ask for kind of a thing. I could say, actually, that would be cool. Like, maybe mm-hmm. not those kids that buried it were the first ones to play it, but somewhere in that, like, between the 16 mm-hmm. and 1800s was when it first happened. Because it looks like it was made in that era. Somewhere in that time range, mm-hmm. it looks like that it would have been made then because yeah. ivory, um, ivory was a popular thing to be poaching for. Obviously, mo- any games would be made mm-hmm. out of wooden boards, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they have that, um, I think it's an emerald or a piece of jade right in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's got a green hue, obviously. Yeah. F- to have that, or maybe just maybe the piece of jade in the middle is the thing that's cursed. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do some research Not I'm right thinking now. About like it. I'm thinking of different, I'm thinking of different ideas that could like involve the story. And the first one, the first one that I thought of was basically like the first thing that popped into my head: mm-hmm. Salem witch trials. Because I think it'd be cool if, let's say, the game was like it. The curse originated from there, and it was like maybe kids in that era. That, like, one of the witches who nobody knew she was a witch, but she's a witch. And it's like, oh, you want a fun, like, we need a fun board game to play. I'm going to give you a fun board game to play. And then she kind of puts a little curse on the game. This is very elementary in my head right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a slight alteration on okay. yours. I like the era where you went in the, the during the witch, trial. witch trials. Fits perfectly. Have that game come from. Like no, mm-hmm. let's have like they're put someone's putting together the game of some sort. The yeah. one and then it could play into the witch trial thing because all these magical things happening. Mm-hmm. And I still think the one thing that at least the one main thing that should be cursed is that piece of jade right in the middle or okay. emerald or whatever it is. I'm not. Yeah, I know that whatever the, the green the, stone it yeah, is. Yeah, the circle thing where everything the text comes. If out. it gets to the, the piece gets to the middle. Yeah, that's what's cursed. Okay, and then it plays into that era great because like. Monkeys start showing up, stampedes, mm-hmm. plants no one recognizes. And then you could have, like, how it's affecting this 1600s village. Mm-hmm. How it's, like, people are thinking, oh, there's a there's a witch, and mm-hmm. it starts the witch hunt, too. But it's just these four kids playing a board game. I'm thinking something here. I like that one. I'm thinking. And this next one... <sighs> I'm going to throw it out there. Then you tell me what you think. This might be going a little bit too far because the only thing that I think would be missing from that Salem witch trials thing is what connects it to Africa. Because the Salem, like if it was a witch from a European like crossover, yeah. listen, to, listen to this. Yeah. You tell me what you think. I don't know if this is in poor taste, but that I'm just going to throw it out there. What if, because I'm looking, like, the thing I was trying to pin down was the time period of slavery in America. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. What if that's how the African part comes into it, where it has to do with something with, like... A, a begrudged cause, slave. Because during the Salem witch trials, that happened during, what, the date that I'm looking at is, like, 1693? Yeah. Slavery was still going on it started, during that time. Um, I to, have 1501... 
to, to 1865. So honestly, to quote the first mm-hmm. thing that pops up on Google, the transatlantic slave trade began in the 15th century after the Portuguese started exploring. Um, so the 15th century, forward, would that be 1600s? 1600s. Okay. In about, the 16, in about 1650, however, with the development of plantations on mm-hmm. the new Caribbean islands, et cetera, et cetera, that's when they started to grow. But it started in the 15th it started yeah. in the 1600s. So this is like, this so is like 93 years, 50 years, depending on where you want to go off of mid-60s or 1600. Yeah. So it would be early on in the. Oh, that would be interesting. What if it's one of the slaves that um, transplanted over, to there? Yes. And it comes over with them. And maybe maybe it's like a maybe it's like a weird twist where it's not a witch. He was a witch doctor over oh, there. No. Medicine man. Exactly. Type thing. What if it and then it plays off of another thing of like maybe at the time where it's like. They were pointing fingers. Cause I'm thinking of like the book, The Crucible. Yeah, where it's like we're pointing fingers at each other. What if it's we didn't even think about that? Some of the slaves we brought over could be. We would see them as witches, but like you said, witch doctor. Over there, he was like from. over there. He'd be considered like medicine man mm-hmm. or witch doctor, um, or whatever. Hit whatever magical thing mm-hmm. he, they would consider him over there. But over here. Yeah. He's just considered a slave. It's like, oh, you know what? It's his way of getting back at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? You want the, You want this game? You got this game right here? Here's a little thing in the middle. Have fun. Now, question for you. Okay. Because now that we're now that we came up from that idea, does it need to happen right at the right at the beginning of the 1600s? Doesn't have to be the beginning 1600s. No, um, but like, does it have to happen during Salem witch trial time? Or could we have it later on in the slavery timeline? You can have it anywhere in that timeline, but I think it would work nicely with the aesthetic of that, Even except for the fact that I don't know if they anyone from that area had slaves, because mm-hmm. it was just because yeah. of the religious that's thing why, going on. That's why I would wait until, like, I would go to a time period, if we're going to go off of that, I would go to a time period where it was, like, most families... Had them. Did that. So that way you can justify, like, okay, this is... So someone can't burn you on the fact of, like, well, they wouldn't have slaves at this time kind of a thing. Yeah. But, like, that's how, that's the only thing I was thinking of is how do you bridge the African thing and the African theme over to it because this is an African-based game. Yes. And I'm thinking board game because that's, like... like themed. Like, it's themed game. Like, yes, it's a video game now, but that curse moved from a from board, game. board game. What what about this? And this is another thing I'm going to bring up because they also talked about also right here spoilers for Jumanji because I went ahead and spoiled it for myself because mm-hmm. I didn't really care. But if you care about spoilers, um, I'll give you – how about you do this? Hit mute right now and then I'll give you two thumbs up. Like this. When we get past the spoiler. Gotten past the spoiler. So right now, hit the mute button. All right, I think we can talk about it. I think we can. So (laughs) here's the thing that I looked into. Like I told you about the post credit scene where you just hear they destroy the game and you hear the kind of alluding to the hey, it could carry on. Yeah. What if and I hope they got it. Do it again. There you go. Cool. Spoilers done. What if, like, it's a video game in the second one. It was a board game before. 
what if the first time in the prequel, it's not a board game. It's a different kind of game that would have been popular at, at the time that period. time. Yeah. Or, like, that's another question. Would you want to see that, or would you have rather seen, like, do you have to see creation of the board game? I mean, it could already be the board game, because I feel like... <gasps> what if? What if? It's not a board game, but the kids that play it in the prequel... Mm-hmm. Their experiences with the witch doctor and that game that inspires them to make the game, and that's the beginning of it. Well, that's the beginning of it's very elementary, and then eventually it's like someone took it on and then refurbished it. And made only Jumanji. problem with that is a you have to get the curse into the game, then b most of the people that play Jumanji, mm-hmm. it seems like in any of these scenarios, wants nothing to do with it, wants no one to get a hold of it. True. Which is why you bury it True. six feet under the six or more feet down. True. You throw it in the ocean tied to a rock, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Good point, good point. Good so, point. Squashed. Yeah, sorry. Squashed. That's a not it's to okay. burst, burst okay. that bubble, that, but that's what we're going here with. We're we're throwing out <laughs> ideas, we're trying to get something here. So it would have to be a board game. I think so. But would you want the does that have to be the main part of it? Like this is the board game or do you just want to see the prequel of everything leading up? And like the end of the movie is them making the board game. Or do you think the board game and them playing it the first, like the first people to ever play the board game? I think it'd be first. I think I would go with first people to play the board game. The game is either like either made via Mm -hmm. the movie or like, you you find at least a hint of why the thing's cursed in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even have to get the complete assembly of the game. It no. can just it's magic. It appeared because the only thing. Let, mm-hmm. Let's put it this way too. The game apparently it adapts and it like I was yeah. gonna say the one thing that now throws it's not a, a video game in the second one. But here's here's what I was gonna say. The one thing that throws a wrench in our idea of having mm-hmm. like sixteen seventeen hundreds. Yeah, Van Pelt. He's the one thing that would throw a wrench in there because he's an eighteen hundreds character. Except for the fact that the game adapts. Yeah, well, here's the thing about, and I never realized this until I rewatched the movie as an adult. Yeah. The thing that Van Pelt symbolizes Mm -hmm. is Alan Parrish's father. Yeah. I believe it's the same actor. Yeah, it is. That plays the father, plays the. I'm pretty sure it is. What if it's something? Does it have to be that? Like you said, could it adapt and be something else? That's what I think it is. It adapts. Because I don't think Van Pelt or anything like him are in the new one. Um, Seeing as we haven't seen it, mm-hmm. I couldn't say. I mean, but I haven't seen the him thing on the is, IMDb page. Instead of, I could well, be wrong. The other part of that, too, though, is like instead of having the game like we had the first time where mm-hmm. everything gets pulled out of the game and gets thrown at you, mm-hmm. you're pulled into the yeah, game. Yeah, that's what happens this second the new go one. Around. Yeah, the second go around. Do you, think, do you think then in the prequel we'd need a... A different twist like okay the first time everything came to you second time everything came you came to everything else you have the imdb imdb page right Up. not open i could okay because i was gonna say mm-hmm. what what was the main point of uh the game to get like in the new one in this the welcome to the jungle yeah um like the, for them to win they had to go get what oh they had to overcome their weaknesses 
Okay. They that... overcome their weaknesses. That's I got that from the Screen Rant article. Okay. Um, four teenagers discover an old video game console and are literally drawn into the game's jungle setting, becoming adult avatars they choose. That's what IMDb has. Yeah. But, like, the IMDb pay, or not IMDb, the Screen Rants one has it as the, they have to overcome their weaknesses and come together as a team kind of a thing. Okay, but what's the over, like, does it give you the overall goal of what their objective was in the game? I think it's some with a ruby. What's in the middle of the board game? A ruby. Of some, a stone. Yeah, nice an fancy. emerald stone. Yeah. So you're saying this next one has to deal, the third one has to deal with the stone in some way. Yeah. Again, again, with the board maybe being cursed mm-hmm. via that stone. I, I, I'm, like, I'm just trying to find a correlation mm-hmm. between all of them. Or, and this is the thing at the end I'll do to flip it. Mm-hmm. Or, if we do a next Jumanji, Jumanji 3, we've talked about going back, doing a prequel. Yeah. Do we jump forward? Do we do another jump forward where, like, it was a video game, now it's something else? Yeah, that's the question is where do you go with that? Because the only other game, the media we have out right now are one of two things. VR, which is still mm-hmm. kind of video games. Which is what they basically did was VR. Yeah, yeah it was, you got thrown into the virtual mm-hmm. world. Or there's the, the, the app games on phones. I'm trying to think. What was, you know what? I saw something online and... I can't remember the Disney Channel stars. They were brothers. It was a boy band. There were three of them. Jonas. Jonas, yeah. That's who I was thinking. The One of the Jonas brothers, I think, had an idea or had a um, – had an idea or – yeah, he has a funny idea for the next Jumanji sequel. Here's what he said. I'm going to read it. Um, really quick, if I can find it. Uh, first reaction to reading, don't want that. Um, closest thing, don't want that. I'm quickly looking through the interview. Um, Jumanji Jungle, what would you see? Right here. Um, what would you like to see from the next Jumanji adventure if there could be another sequel? Here's what he said, and I quote, Oh, I'm not sure. If there was a sequel, I just hope it'd be, I'd be in it, laughs. I'm not sure, but I mean, I think there are so many places you could go with this and even new characters you can introduce. I think that the brilliant thing about this story is that each one of these characters, the four main heroes, goes on an incredible journey and grows so much more over the course of the hour and a half that you're watching the film. And I think I'm down to see more of that. So from him, it kind of sounds like, hey, let's take these four characters again. The game follows them. Like, what if it's something like an it kind of thing where their kids now, they destroy the game. The curse ain't happy. No one's ever tried to destroy me. Everyone's just hidden me, thrown me in water, thrown me buried away, me. gotten rid of no me. No one has destroyed me. What do you do? And then the curse is kind of following them in some way to where it's like it part one, part two, where once they're high schoolers flash forward, the next one's when they're adults and how they deal with it as a, as adults. Maybe the other thought I had now mm-hmm. is a sort of um, spin off the first Jumanji. Okay. Remember how um, Alan gets pulled into the game? Yes. 
what if it's the flip side of that but like they don't just like it doesn't just close up the game and mm-hmm. things stop for 20 years yeah what if it like the kid gets pulled into the game mm-hmm. the rest of them keep playing out there but you keep showing what happens to the kid the other kid inside the game so like and you can even have some tie-ins. Like, remember, the monkeys got pulled out of the game? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's having an interaction with those things. Or he's being chased mm-hmm. down by the stampede. And all of a sudden, someone rolls that and it does it up above. Stampede just automat- like on suddenly gone. Like, disappears. Yeah. And then, it like, every so often, like, it just... The dice, in some weird way, could mm-hmm. show up to him. Because at, at the fourth turn, he has to roll two. Mm. To get try and get nine or eight. No, five or eight. Try to get five or eight. You got to get a five or eight. Man, that original movie, I mean, you had a cast of characters. Hunt was in that. Yep. Robin Williams, Christian uh, Diaz. I think so. Was No, that was Dunce. There you go. It was Christian Dunce because yeah. she was in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Your favorites. The, the, the Remy Spider-Man movie. Your favorite. <laughs> yep, my favorites. Any final thoughts on a Jumanji prequel? No, um, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about the um, ideas for the prequel. And that's We've given a, you guys a few, so. A perfect segue. Turn it on to you guys. Let us know what you guys think down below. What would you do? Should there be a Jumanji prequel? And if there is, let us know your storyline down below for what you would like to see in the comment section. But Johnny, let's close out the podcast talking about a topic that we haven't talked about in a while. Not in a while, though. No. It has been quite a while since while. we have talked about Game of Thrones, but here's what we're going to do. It was Did released. You roll, roll the G somehow? What, in Game, Game of, of Thrones? No, you rolled the R on Thrones. My bad. Thrones? Game Throne. of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. But uh, Fancy British. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is, so I got this from Emergency Awesome. There's the director's for the episodes for season eight have been released. So episodes, there's only six episodes. So we've got episodes one, two, and four are going to be David Nutter. Then you've got two, three, and five, I'm sorry, three and five, Miguel uh, Sapochnik, Hmm. and then David and Dan um, uh, Benioff and Weiss, 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 um, David and Dan are going to be six. So what you have here is, let's just go through the directors really quick. Nutter's more of the director where it's like plot twists and he's a Red Wedding guy. Mm -hmm. Expect a Red Wedding type of episode. If you're looking at Sapochnik, Battle of the Bastards. Yes. So from what we're looking at here, let's just break down the framework. So from what it looks like to me, episodes one, two, and four are going to be story driven. Plot twists. Give me a twist here or there, something I don't expect. Yes. Episode three, episode five. Theatrically awesome. Big battles. This is where we're going to have our two big battles. And then episode six, if we have a battle at five, six will just be picking up the pieces. Where are we going to leave the series? Because it'll be the last thing that we see. Yeah. I am going to totally put you on the spot here, Johnny. Damn it. Not again. From where we left episode seven, knowing what we know, one, two, and four are going to be more plot twisty. Three and five are going to be more battley. Six, pick up the pieces. What do you think? What do you think season eight? How do you think it plays out over the six episodes? So season what, episodes one and two are going to be plot twisty. Plot twisty. It's going to be storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's going to be. 
them the or them yeah the that's specific no um the white walkers okay. marching towards winterfell so you're dealing with that threat yes but on the realization of we need to make plans mm-hmm. um in winterfell while they're all there like de- depend like the de- all like the huge group mm-hmm. the group of them yeah. um Wow, give me names. Come on, give me names because I'm forgetting. John. You're talking about John. The Starks. Danny. No, well, Danny. For, the first thing is Danny and John aren't there yet. Last thing we saw about them is they're on the boat. Yes. They're having great boat sex, is what they're doing. Well, they're going to make it there, though. Yeah. The, I feel like beginning of se- beginning episode one, they show up. Hey, I'm here. John walks in. Hey, I'm here, they, guys. They, they've stopped with what these up? slow moving of things. Yeah. I think they're there episode one. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The interesting thing that's going to be the plot twisty thing, and I don't know, I feel like this is the cliffhanger into episode two. Yeah. Brand, drop, Brand and... Um, well, that's where I was getting to. Yeah, Brand and uh, basically me, they drop the bomb of like, John's the rifle air, John's a Targaryen. Boom! Da, 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 da. And yeah, then we move well, that into one episode and, two. One and, well, one and two are going to be basically a lot mm-hmm. of that um, planning of uh, what are we going to do about the White Walker thing going on. It's going to be like John, Danny, the Starks, um, all their right hand people in the room mm-hmm. in a room, all debating what the hell are yeah, we going to do. Brandon and Samwell are going to yeah. drop the bomb. Well, that's what I'm going to. That's what I was going to get to. Is then like Danny's going to say something about her rightful place on the throne because maybe mm-hmm. even uh, Jamie's going to possibly be there either episode see episode one or episode two. True. And maybe he's the like the say hey she's going to stab you guys in the back. Because the last thing the last thing we saw of Jamie he was talking to Cersei. He no he's in, leaving in the map, but he was talking to her in the map room. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm leaving. I'm going to help them." Because this is... The, that's what we said we would do. Yeah, it's a, that's a co- what we thing said that we would do. And this is like, if the White Walkers defeat them, there's no hope for us. Exactly. Kind of a thing. Let's nip this in the bud right now. So it'll be interesting to see what that kind of plays into it. Yeah. How it plays into it. Because one of the most interesting things, and I want to throw this out to you. This is kind of an overarching thing. Cersei, and I didn't realize this until it got brought to my attention, except for the first two episodes, mm-hmm. has never left the her like has never left King's Landing. No, except for when she was up north in Winterfell, never have left King's Landing. No, and that's the thing. I was kind of lumping one and two mm-hmm. episodes one and two together mm-hmm. because you're going to get a combination of. Jamie's gonna show up. Whatever interaction you're gonna have with him, it's po- it's obviously gonna be negative at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's gonna like talk to him and say, "You know what? I just I came here. We said we'd help you guys. I'm coming to help because Cersei's gonna stab you guys in the back. Mm-hmm. She's planning on." So you think? Do you really think Jamie would tell them like after they deal with the White Walkers? Like, hey, she's gonna stab you in the back. I think he's gonna tell them before. Mm-hmm. It's like just letting you guys know she's planning on stabbing you guys in the back. Okay, I came to help you guys because I I said we would, and it's a thing of honor. Plus, mm-hmm. if you guys don't make it through this, none of us make it through this. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm gonna give you kind of a storybook. Outline, yes, and you tell me what you think if you want to fill in the edges. Okay, so episode one, John and Danny come back. Yes, most of the episode is going to be, yeah, we're going to be other places too. We got to check in on Cersei and stuff, but most of the episode is going to be John coming back, meeting with Sansa again, meeting with um, Arya again, 
reuniting the Starks. Yes. Basically reuniting at Winterfell. Oh, wait, here's Danny. End of the episode, I feel like the big like thing they plop at the end is basically the brand. And just wait for me to go all the oh, way no. through. And then I was going to interrupt you on one of it okay. when you're done with that because there's one thing I want yeah. to add in there. So at the end of episode one, Bran and Samwell drop the bomb that he's a Targaryen. Then episode two is them dealing with most of that. However, getting prepared for the White Walkers and the end of episode two is the twist of they think they have more time. White Walkers are at the door. Something has happened. The White Walkers have advanced further or while they're marching because now they have a dragon. Hey, I'm going out to scout first. The dragon comes first. And they have to deal. They have to deal with that. That's right at the end. Like that is coming. Episode three, White Walker Starks. This is where we get the Winterfell battle clash with everything. Obviously, they're going to beat the White Walkers mm-hmm. because there's more episodes. Maybe people die in there. I don't know who. Maybe maybe we get the twist of, I don't think they would do this, but what if they have the balls to kill John or Danny in episode three? Maybe. I don't think they will. Someone's probably going to look at the IMDb page and Ricky say, hey, they have six episodes listed for those characters. What if they have the balls to kill one of them? In Winterfell. What if they have the balls to kill Bran? What if they have the balls Davos. to kill Arya? What if they... I'm talking about a Stark. Oh, Stark, yeah. What if they have the balls to kill a Stark? Like, that is going to be an episode, big battle, somebody's dying. I'm going to add something to your episode okay. one slash two. Go ahead. Okay, before we do the... And here's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Before we do the the Targaryen drop okay. with Bran and... Um, Samwell. Samwell. What if we have Jamie show up there? He mm-hmm. finds out... We have no right to the throne either. Yeah. Basically well, that concept. That's what I'm saying. The end of the episode, yeah. Jamie's already there. Yeah, okay. You didn't mention that. The, that's why I yeah, wanted to throw that in the there. The end of the episode is, boom, this is where it drops. Because so, then in episode two, you've got the John Danny kind of, there's going to be some tension between them. Because I don't think it's going to be on the side of John. It's all going to be on the side of Daenerys. Dan, Danny's going to be pissed. I, this, this was my throne. I was promised this. And now you're like above me. What? Like that ain't the girl with a million fucking titles. That's yeah, basically exactly. what she is. Egotistical. But like Oh, well, I mean John then, had quite a few ones Davos actually got into it. Then you gotta then you gotta think about the Jamie side. Is yeah. Jamie going to be, oh, I'm okay with this, or is Jamie gonna be, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? A Targaryen he's a Targaryen? Like we don't know how that is going to... We don't know how Jamie and Danny are going to be if they're together. Then if he learns John's a Targaryen too, yeah, that could just create something else for this brewing pot. But episode three, big battle, somebody dies. What if Jamie dies? What if they kill Jamie? That's what I was thinking. In episode three. We, we, we almost thought they were going to kill him last season. They didn't. What if they kill him episode three? Then number four is... Everything we start to see more of King's Landing, more of Cersei, more of basically the Starks and uh, King's Planning Landing. Planning what to do now, like with the Getting Cersei's ready, backstab. You know what the end, and this is this is me. The end of episode four. You know what my big kind of boom. I'm leaving you off with hmm. the gold. The uh, the Golden Army arrives in King's Landing. They're there. They're ready. They're ready to go down. They're ready to throw down. That's the thing that's going to change everything, the Golden Army. 
And then episode five, you get the big battle. Obviously, tons of deaths. And then whichever side wins, let's clean up the aftermath in episode six. Okay, here's one wrench I'm going to throw into you. Just with the Golden Army thing. It's not, okay. a, not a big wrench, but it's a little one to uh, okay. throw a little plot side story into. Mm-hmm. Who's not with the rest of them at this point? You're talking about Tyrion? No, Tyrion's with them. Yeah, he's with... No, I'm talking... The Golden Army would be Cersei. How's the Golden Army getting over there? Boats. And who's not there right now? The uh, Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, he's going to like. He's not, gonna fuck up. Well, not Theon, his uncle. Well, him too. Yeah. The, Euron is actually shipping them over. Mm-hmm. Who's trying to a save his sister? B basically kill Euron, and who's gonna fuck up the plan for the the the? It's called the Golden Army. Yeah. Or the Golden Compass. Or Golden I think Compass is the I company. Think, yeah, I think it's the gold. I think it's the Golden Army. The, uh, anyways, whatever Basically it's called. elephants and all that. What I think is going to happen there mm-hmm. is Theon, like, there's two ways they can go with it. Yeah. I think in order to make the final battle something epic, well, there's two sides of it. To make it epic, have the Golden Army get to King's Landing. Basically, in that kind of situation, Euron kills Theon, mm-hmm. and Theon dies. However, there's another part of it of kind of good with bad. Cersei's expecting the Golden Army. What if the plot plot twist in four is Theon has his redemption, kills his uncle, and now Cersei has to come up with a new plan for episode five because her trump card is out of the way. Well, I'm going to put it this way. I would think either Theon... Okay, here's how I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. Theon kills Euron Mm -hmm. or... Euron kills Theon, but his sister gets the final hand of it. So she kill mm-hmm. in killing Theon, she kills Euron. Here's the only th- leaves that little co- time slot open, like the few seconds for her to get mm-hmm. him. Here's and the only then, reason I want to throw something in really quick. Let me finish my real quick. Um, that ruins the Golden Company thing, mm-hmm. which makes it a semi fair fight. She but does it semi, but does because it. King's Landing has way more amassed army, does yeah, it not? No, but here's the thing, and that's what I was thinking is. You got to understand this, and this is why I think okay. some of the Golden Company have to get over into King's Landing. Okay. Because, yes, you have King's Landing's army, but virtually, well, I guess it all depends on what happens with the White Walker fight. Virtually, oh, there's going to be mass deaths. Virtually, you have the the Starks, the Wildlings, and the Dothraki plus dragons. Yeah. Two dragons. Like, I feel like if they lost the Golden Company completely, the scale would be tipped too far into the Winterfell side because they have dragons. They have except the don't forget. I mean, yes, we don't even a, know if a, what if a dragon falls in the White Walker battle because we're gonna get dragon on dragon fight. Exactly, you're gonna have two versus one mm-hmm. ice dragon versus two normal dragons. You don't know how many casualties are gonna be. Mm-hmm. Dothraki are gonna die. Wildlings are gonna die. Northerners are gonna die. Mm-hmm. Maybe even another dragon death. So you don't know how low the army. What happens gonna, in gonna episode go. three will set up what happens. Yes, how compass. many? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. So it can either be one way where Theon. 
or Theon and his sister will screw it up, and the Golden Compass See, I won't. Want, make... I want Theon to have. I want Theon to have the kill. I want the redemption arc. For I'm just Theon. saying though. Um, one of the two will get the kill, and mm-hmm. Euron won't. Basically, Euron won't make it. I want to see Euron die, that fucking bastard. Anyways, okay. Oh, I just want to see him die. I'll put. It, I'll word it this way then. Euron one one side of that going mm-hmm. coin, depending on how episode three turns out. Mm-hmm. Euron won't make it, and neither will the Golden Com- Compass or yeah, Company. Company. Um, the second side is Euron does. Mm-hmm. The Golden Company makes it, but that all depends on episode three on how many casualties we have. Okay, I think I think it varies on casualties because if you yeah, have it's, it's the golden company. Yeah. Okay. Golden company. Well, if you have two, let's put it this way: you have too many casualties. Then all of a sudden, the golden company turns up. Mm-hmm. How are you even going to win this? Yeah, you have a dragon, but they also have mounted. Um, they're mounting the bow and stuff. Arrow. Yeah, the, the giant, the giant uh, arrows on on the King's wall. Landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, but as we've seen before, they're very inaccurate. Yes, but I mean, if you have multiple of those mm-hmm. being shot at a dragon, one of them's going to hit because it injured its wing mm-hmm. and at least made it drop. Yeah. It couldn't fly anymore. Mm-hmm. So imagine hitting it where, um, what, the uh, Ice King, right? Yeah, basically. The Night King, that's what I'm thinking where they Where they said there's that one weak spot right by the neck. Yeah. He had it right there, right mm-hmm. on the money. Fire spewing out right there, and mm-hmm. dragon just. And then eventually they brought it back. Someone's gonna have. Someone ha- is bound to hit that spot at least mm-hmm. one of the two dragons. How many dragons do you think we get to by the end of the series? Do you think all three dragons die? I think. We're gonna- I think. I think. I would like that. I would like would all you? three to die. Because you got to think the one thing, and I know Emergency Awesome brought this up. Like, I think he said it was like a. Something like the return of spring or like yeah. new basically the point of like one of the titles was a new new life. What if it's one thing where what if John dies, both dragons die, however Danny's left with the throne, and you just see it's like, oh no, one of these dragons laid eggs before both of before the battle. True. And she has two more, two or three more Dragon's eggs, and it's like, okay, here it is. That, this are, is. that are something you mentioned before, maybe mm-hmm. one in the, the basement of one, either King's Landing or Winterfell. There's a dragon egg. Maybe. Like an egg that's been just, well, I hasn't mean, hatched for who, years. Yeah, who knows, because it has to be put in fire, apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how long it would have been, those other ones have been sitting there before True. they were hatched. True. Anything that you're thinking about that we missed? With this, no, like I said, um, episode the golden basically, I think the golden company making mm-hmm. it is going to be a matter of what if some of them make it, not all of them, but some maybe, of them. maybe, maybe even, yeah, maybe even some of it just it, it all depends on episode three because I honestly, feel, I feel like, and this is in my heart of hearts, that some of the golden company will get over mm-hmm. just to make it a fair fight for episode five, yeah. Well, that and to see the awesomeness of elephants charging at another army. Because mm-hmm. they're going to want... They're, theatrically, you're going to want to see that. Yeah, because we haven't seen that at all. No. The last so, time I mean, we saw elephants was um, when Danny was still over in... Uh, not Westeros, but Easteros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was... That was um, uh, uh, clever name right yeah, there. Yeah, that was the last time we saw like an elephant. I think it's Essos, actually. There. Yeah, it's Essos. I know it. I, <laughs> I knew what I was saying. Okay. I was making the joke, Westeros and Easteros. <laughs> 
I knew what was, I, was, I, I, I knew what I was saying. Okay. I knew what I was saying. That's why so. I had that big smile, that okay. big grin on my face. I knew what I did. Okay. But any final thoughts before I turn on them and wrap this uh, wrap this whole shindig up? Yeah, then I guess I think I'm going to slightly alter my um, prediction. It's going to mm-hmm. either be all or a small chunk of the golden com- company will make Get it over. over. Yeah, because... So you're not saying all of them now. Not all of them are getting demolished. No, because, yeah, some of them might make it back over there because they have their orders from Euron. Okay. So maybe someone will still ship them over mm-hmm. and, like, make it, but it won't be a mass amount of them. Yeah. And then make it a... Uh, you like you don't want to make it a completely fair fight, mm-hmm. even even, but you want you don't want to have, like, overwhelming numbers where, oh, shit, we're never going to get this done. Mm-hmm. Let's turn it on to them. Yes. You guys tell us what you guys think down below in the comment section. Also, thank you guys for checking out the Rick and Johnny podcast this week. want to thank you for that little housekeeping here at the end. Number one, if you liked what you saw, you liked what you listened to, check out patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. Today, we don't have the problem. We're recording during the day. Yeah. So if the lights were shut off, we didn't have electricity. Well, we, if we didn't have electricity, we couldn't record. No. Because these mics need electricity. Yes, but they do. Usually. To help keep the lights on, to help keep all this work, patreon.com slash backslash most valuable podcast. Number two, you want to get some MVP gear, get this sweet t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. All that is down below in the description. Last but not least, if you're on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, please give us that five-star rating, Rick and Johnny podcast, the fast break the primetime podcast the onside kick it would mean the world to us want to thank you guys for either watching and or listening and as always have a good day everybody thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts